of discretion which they inherited from their mother. None of these three was what you would call a hearts-on-sleeves person. It wasn't a matter of secretiveness. Some things were just nobody else's business, that was all. When Kevin, our younger son, was away with his guitar at a music academy in Michigan, he emailed us a photograph of himself and his date for the spring dance. Kevin was wearing a white dinner jacket, his first. I was moved to use the photo as the basis of a commentary I wrote for the Vermont Public Radio Station. The image of a white dinner jacket, especially one worn by a 15-year-old son 900 miles from home on a spring night at the prom with a very young woman on his arm. This image takes on a new and unexpected luster, a sweetness and fragility, so unbearable that you lie there in your bed wishing the damned alarm would go off and restore you to the necessary cynicism of daylight. One of Kevin's buddies back in Middlebury, where we lived, heard the commentary and ratted me out. Kevin let me know that he was wise to what I'd done in terms that you would have thought were being used against somebody who'd stolen his Black Martin electric. So, Privacy was my top consideration, and I suppose it should have sufficed. But there were other reasons, strong ones. The moral blemish of exploitation, for example. Even when exploitation is not the intended motive in a book such as this, it can seem the unintended consequence. My sons were and remain sacred to me. They are not for sale. And really, end of the day... Who the hell wants to read about schizophrenia anyway? Not me. And that was the way things stood for the second five years. That is the way I thought things would stand for the duration. I was just not interested. But to paraphrase Tolstoy, you may not be interested in schizophrenia, but schizophrenia is interested in you. It turns out schizophrenia was particularly interested in the Powers family, and no amount of disinterest on my part was going to change that. So I began, tentatively, to explore the malady. Schizophrenia is a chronic and incurable disease of the brain. It is rooted, or so neuroscientists presently believe, nothing about it is yet a matter of subtle truth, partly in genetic mutation, and partly in external or environmental experiences. It is the most dreaded of all the human mental illnesses, afflicting slightly more than one in 100 people. Its name, a bit misleading as we shall see, is a vernacular near synonym for its closely allied affliction, schizoaffective disorder. The latter disease is rarer, striking about 0.3% of the population, but worse. It incorporates severe mood swings as well as the loss of touch with reality wrought by schizophrenia. Some specialists believe there is no hard distinction between the two maladies. Schizophrenia is a scourge, but it's only one of the many mental illnesses that sprawl across many categories, lengths of duration, and degrees of severity. The World Health Organization estimates that one-fourth of the globe's people will experience some kind of mental illness in their lifetimes. Two-thirds of these either do not recognize that they are ill or simply refuse treatment. Studies by the National Institute of Mental Health 
show that among Americans age 18 or older, more than 62 million, 26% of the population, require but are not always given counseling and medical treatment. But even among the many devastating diagnoses of mental illness, schizophrenia stands unique in its capacity to wreck the rational processes of the mind. It is to mental health as cancer is to physical health, a predator without peer and impervious to cure. My final resolve to refrain from writing this book came unraveled on the night of January 30th, 2014. In the late afternoon of that day, Honoré and I drove northward from our home in Castleton to the Vermont State Capitol in Montpelier. We'd been invited to testify at a public hearing convened by the Senate Committee on Health and Welfare. The hearing was called...